0: Amen. Hey, I just want to say a big thank you to the worship team. This has been so amazing. So, so good. Just what our souls have needed, right? And a big thank you to Denise and all the women's ministry crew that has worked so hard to bless all of us. I mean, they've really just opened up a beautiful space and place and time for us to be poured into God. So thank you so much. And thank you to all of you who have taken the time out of you know your busy life to, to set aside a day and a time um, to let God pour into you and to build you up in your faith and to you know um, equip you and um, hopefully God's motivating you you know and um, and increasing your faith um, you know I, I kind of wanted to come up here and say greetings highly favored ones. Blessed are you among the women of the earth. The life of Christ has been born in you, planted in you, and now you're giving birth to the life of Christ every day of your life. And um, hey, have you been challenged today? Good. Did God continue to pour into you during those breakout sessions? Awesome. Good. He's not done hey, if you're willing, he's willing. He has more. If you want more, here he is. He's ready to just give you more. And I just pray God would quicken our spirits, energize our minds, wake up our bodies so we can just continue to take in and receive from the Lord. It was great to get to meet some of you too during the breaks and talk with some of you and hear your Amazing stories. You are behold, what I'm about to tell you is seemingly impossible, and yet it occurred. Wonderful. <laughs> Got to meet the, a lot of Jens. There are a lot of Jennifer's Jens in the house, by the way. <laughs> uh, well, there, I didn't know if the title of this session's message was up here, but it's, There is no crisis in Christ. You know, if you are in Christ Jesus, you are not in crisis because you're in the all powerful one, the all knowing one, the all seeing one. Nothing is too hard for him. Nothing is impossible for him. He's got you. He's holding you together. Like if he if he who has created everything is holding all things together, he's got your stuff, man. He, he's holding you together. <laughs> he's got you. Um, I wanted to ask you a question because it's something that I realized I was like kind of growing like uh, a little bit low in hope in. And do you truly believe God can transform you? Do you truly believe God has the power to transform lives? Well, I didn't even realize that my hope in that was growing a little bit um, low until about a month ago. Uh, My friend Jill, who's here with me today, and I just want to say thank you to her too. She's such a tremendous blessing and support. Um, But it was her birthday last month, and so she had... Uh, a birthday party (laughs) one night, and um, I was already there, and in walked this woman who I it's a friend, but it's really more Jill's friend. I just know her through Jill. And I've had a few um, experiences with her, times where we've actually taken a couple trips together, spent some pretty extensive time with her. Um, but I hadn't seen this friend since before COVID and all the shutdowns. So it had been a good year since I had seen her. And prior, you know, my past experiences with this friend... Um, she's a Christian woman, raised in a Christian home, and um, I know she knows God, loves God. But my personal experience with her and observations of her was somebody who was really um, kind of uh, closed off. Somebody who really wasn't open. She, um, she was not vulnerable, at least not with me and not with many people. She had a few select people she would kind of always, you know, hang on to and I probably, maybe she was a little more open and vulnerable with them, I don't know. Um, but there was, she carried a sadness about her and definitely it was apparent that she maybe had some insecurities as well. And um, so anyway, I'm at this birthday party a month ago at Jill's house, or uh, for Jill, and um, in walks this friend. I just happened to be nearby when she walked into the house with her husband, and in walks literally like a beam of light, like opened up, like she walked in like a beam of light, and I spent that evening watching as she went from person to person, her approaching them, smiling laughing engaging like she literally was lighting up the room and i sat across the room that entire night just kind of observing observing and beholding <laughs> like in amazement because i was like what happened to her like who is this woman by the end of the night I had an opportunity to talk to her by myself and I was just like friend like what happened like you're a totally different person who are you you know kind of thing I try to be as nice as possible because you know that could be a little delicate like man you are miserable like what happened to you you know? And so I was trying to be like, you know, I could stick my foot in my mouth all the time. So I tried to be delicate, but she was just like, Hey, you know, when COVID hit, I'm in my house, kinda of stuck there, and that time, the quiet, the being alone, being with just my husband, some you know, my family, like God really got a hold of me. I realized she said, I realized there were some things in me that I God wanted to address. He really wanted to um you know take care of <laughs> and um and he did and i was like yeah he did <laughs> like girlfriend like i want to be with you i want to be around you i mean she was literally like a joy bomb in that at that party i mean <laughs> Every single person she was coming up to, laughing and sharing and joyful. And like I was like, I got my car and went home from that fresh experience with God's transformation power. And I was like, oh, God, man, this is what you do. You take broken lives, sad lives, depressed lives. You take like, like lives that look shipwrecked or something, man, and you turn lives around. You heal. You make whole. You transform. You turn people inside out, Lord, for your glory, your purposes. It totally renewed my hope and faith in God's transformation power. Like I said, I didn't even realize how low my hope had been, you know, going, had been, was in that, and in that state of like, wow, I think I was losing hope that God would transform me, losing hope that God would transform the people I love and I've been praying for. And wow, you know, there are defining moments in our walk with God. I hope today, is one of those days for you. I hope today is a day that will forever mark you as God met me right there. I'm not the same woman leaving as I was when I came in this morning. I hope and pray that that has been your experience and encounter with the living God who is at work transforming you more and more into the image of Christ. Um, you know, I think there's just moments in our walks with God, like I had described to you um, the last message, where God, just like as a loving father, just comes in, he takes his hands, he just puts them against your cheeks, and he says, darling, I need you to sit down for a minute. I need to talk to you. I need you to look in my eyes. I need to know that you're listening to me. I need to address something, you know, and I need to know that you hear me, and I need to know before you get up and move on and keep going that you agree with me. And I hope today has been a day like that for you. I really do. That has been my prayer. I know the women's ministry team's prayer and desire this day for all of us. You know, it's my desire for me. (laughs) And um, if we're going to um, keep moving forward, (laughs) if we're going to keep running that Course that's set before us, propelled in the good work that God created us for, you know, to bring him pleasure, to know him and make him known, we are going to need to keep our eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of our faith. We are going to have to keep beholding Jesus and not let up with that. There's so many things that are trying to distract us, so many things that are trying to take center stage in our life, and we're going to have to purpose every day to keep our eyes, our heart, our attention fixed on Jesus. You know, um, He, Jesus, set us, he set his eyes and heart and affection upon us um, when he was here on earth. He put, we were the joy, Hebrews 12 tells us, that he set before him so that he could finish the work that the father had given him to do, why he was sent here, you know, to finish that work. He kept your face in front of him. He fixed his eyes on your face. And because he did it, because you were the joy that he set before him, he was able to run his course, finish his race. He, he made it all the way to the cross. And he had to, he had to, yeah, all the challenges. He had to run past the mockers. He had to run past those who despised him. He had to run past those who misunderstood him, those that would abandon him. He had to p- push by and move forward past, past the criticizers, right? The haters. Um, and he set your face as the joy before him that helped him finish his course, to f- make it to the finish line, to make it to the cross. And now we, we can keep Jesus before us, the face before us, you know, beholding Jesus, we can keep our eyes fixed on him. You know, when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, guess, guess what happens? You know what happens. You've experienced this. Your eyes aren't on other people, right? You're not looking to the lane on the left or the lane on the right because your eyes are fixed on Jesus. We know what happens when we start looking left and right. We, we open the door to comparing, competing, competing. Envying, jealousy, right? We all know, you guys heard that say, that, that comparing is ensnaring. And that's exactly what it is. You know, we get our eyes on the people to the left and the right, we trip. We fall. <laughs> There's that temptation, right, to, to compare all the time. It's simple. We keep our eyes on Jesus. <laughs> we just keep our eyes fixed on there. And sometimes that's not just a, like you know, every morning wake up, pray, and ask God to help you do that. Sometimes it's an hour by hour. You know, maybe you've experienced it even today, like you've had to, like, reset your eyes on Jesus today, right? And you're going to have to do it when you get in your car. You're going to have to do it when you get home. You're going to have to keep resetting your eyes on Jesus, you know, the author, the perfecter of your faith. And then what else happens when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, beholding Jesus? Well, Have you ever tried running like this? I would actually even challenge you right now. Put your arms up like this. Just keep them up. Just keep them up. Just keep them up. You know, it's really hard to even sit there and keep your arms up like this. Right? Let alone try and run. When you keep your focus on Jesus, when you got—no, I didn't say put him down. No, just <laughs> When you keep your, your eyes fixed on Jesus, guess what happens to your arms? If you're running, you know, you're not going to last like this. After a while, your arms start to go like this, and guess what happens? Your arms start to go like this, and they get into, like, a running uh, posture, you know? And this is what happens when we keep our eyes on Jesus. We're going to bring our arms in. In order to stay fixed on Him, in order to run that course that's set before us, we're gonna bring our arms in. And guess what happens when we bring our arms in? Your hands get off the people that are around you. Your hands get off your kids. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Your hands get off your husband. Thank you, Jesus. Your hands get off your friends. Oh, wow. What a relief. Your hands get off your family members, your coworkers, all those people that you're trying to get your hands on, or maybe you do have your hands on and you're trying to shape and mold and squeeze an identity out of them, right? And half the time we're trying to squeeze and shape an identity for them that's like in our image, you know? <laughs> Not even close to the image of Christ. Right? When we get our eyes on Jesus and we get our running arms right where they're tucked in, right where they're supposed to be, we, we just, not even thinking about it, we get our hands off of others. And then guess what happens when you're, you're just fixed, you're just set on Jesus. The Holy Spirit gets, gets to work on those people you had your hands on. He gets to work shaping and molding into the image of Christ. It's kind of a wondrous thing that happens uh, as we... Keep our eyes on Jesus, beholding him. Um, Beholding Jesus will keep you focused and running in the good work he's prepared for you. Hey, we want God to maximize the glory of his name in our lives and throughout our lives. Um, I love Hebrews 12, you know, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the throne of the right hand of God um, or at the right hand of the throne of God Behold Jesus, the author, the originator of your faith. Hey, he's going to be faithful to complete the good work of grace he started in you. He is faithfully committed, wholeheartedly committed to transforming you, and your life, more into the image, the character of Christ. He's more committed to it than you are. He's going to see to it. He's going to finish the good work. Now, you just set Jesus as your joy before you. He's your prize and your portion. Um, keep your eyes on him so that you can run with endurance past the mockers in your life, beyond the despisers, so you can keep going when the people are shaming you maybe or criticizing you, right? Um, so you can finish the course. Um and, and you'll hear the Lord say, Well done, my good and faithful servant, man. You kept your eyes on me and you finished well. And um hey to know Jesus is everything. It's absolutely everything to know him and just to keep knowing him. You know, everything starts there, finishes there. Everything springboards from there. No matter what good work God has planned and prepared for you, it will, it will flow from that place of intimate relationship with God, a loving relationship with him. Serving God is not a replacement for intimate relationship with God. God cares more about your character than he does your service. And um, I know that God has been ministering to you today, transforming you, building up, building you up in your personal faith and reminding you that um, the plans and the purposes, the good work that he has for your life is something that's bigger than you and beyond you. I know that we like to think That our personal, private relationship with God is personal and private? It's like what we we like to think that. But the truth is, is that your personal, private relationship with God is not personal and private. Hey, your weakness, your strengths, your faith, your unbelief, all all these things affect the people around you. They absolutely have an effect upon the body of Christ. Your strength is my strength. Your weakness is my weakness because we belong to the same body. Right? And, and, um, and so our private personal relationship is not private and personal. It affects your family. It affects your friends. It affects your co-workers, your neighbors, your ministry partners, your home church, your community. This might sound like a stretch, maybe you've never thought this way, but your private, personal relationship with God act- actually affects the whole entire world. <laughs> it's that far-reaching. And it's good to remember that. Because it, it, like, wow, I have a responsibility, not just to myself, but really to... to an, I have this potential to affect the, to the ends of the earth <laughs> you know um hey genuine holy spirit transformation will turn you inside out that's what fruit is hey think about a tree everything that goes on in the tree all the energy within the tree is to push out fruit that's the ultimate the only reason that tree lives is to push out fruit not if the tree does not exist for itself it exists For the benefit of others. And God has created you to please him and to be a benefit to others. Um, As you grow in your belief in who you are in Christ, you're going to find yourself open to being expanded by God. You're going to find yourself being turned inside out. You're going to be focused less, less on self and more on people. You're going to find you're going to be more open to um, your circle of friends expanding, right? You're you're open with your family and, and your family expanding. You're going to find yourself including more and excluding less. It's wonderful freedom to experience these things. I personally loved that the church some churches closed during COVID because church is not what we do. It's who we are. We're the temple of the living God. <laughs> and I, I don't know about you. I saw so many um, of God's people out in the streets, out on the beach, out in the parks, being turned inside out of the church buildings, now sharing Christ. All right. Um, and it was a beautiful thing to me to see the body of Christ be just that, the, the, representation of Jesus Christ here on earth. Um, hey, the world is lost and confused, searching to find themselves. They don't know their identity. You know, people do not know if they're a boy or a girl, if they're straight or gay or other. People, people are lost in this world, and women, you're found. You know who you are. You know what your purpose is. Hey, the world is dying, craving, destroying itself, trying to figure these things out. And you know. (laughs) This is like a tremendous responsibility. The world needs to know. Will you allow God to transform you? Will you believe who he says you are in Christ? Will you allow him to turn you inside out? I mean, my friend and Jill remind each other constantly, get over get over yourself. <laughs> Just let's get over ourselves. You know? <laughs> because when we're so consumed with self, we're less apt to just get over ourselves and just go run the course that God has set before us and cheer each other on. Hey, I want us to be a generation that hands down the truth of identity in Christ. I want us to be the generation that ends the worldly psychology of self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence. Let's be done with that. That's a lie. It's a trap. It's the web that we get trapped in and get the life sucked out of us. You have all the worth, confidence, esteem you need. You're called a child of God. That is literally an honor God bestows upon you, that title. (laughs) Let's be the generation, you guys. Really, I want to be the kind of woman who models, who lives as the woman that God made me. To the people around me, the people I'm discipling, to my children and my children's children, my grandchildren, you know, um, and I want all of us to be that, and 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 to enjoy. I'm going to just finish with this really quick. I was um, thinking about this yesterday. Could you imagine if you're married? You're married. You probably all, oh, many of you can imagine that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Can you imagine? Maybe this takes more imagination. That the one you married since the day you married him, said every single day, you are the most ravaging, beautiful woman on the planet of the earth, you know, planet earth. And, and from day one, and the first time he says that to you, your response is, no. No, you're messed up. Nope. <laughs> like, no. And you're like, you like, You walk away from that statement and you're like, he's not telling the truth. Maybe he wants something (laughs) like, and then the next day and the next day and week and month and year and decade go by. And every single day, he just looks you right in the eyes and he just goes, you are the most beautiful, ravishing woman on this planet. I love you so much day after day, and week after week, and month after month, and year and decade after, and every time you're like, mm, no, <laughs> that's not the truth. What a disrespect to that husband. What a ripoff in that marriage. All the joy they could share in that truth and in the receiving of the truth, and wow, wow. I want this for you, (laughs) you gotta want it for you, you know, to believe who God says you are and who Christ died for you to be. It's been a pleasure really, truly to be with you today. I just want to pray for you. Um, Lord God, thank you so much for gathering your children, your daughters here under this roof today for addressing each one of them individually, personally. God, I pray that the things that were of you here today, which it felt like a lot was from you here today, God, that these very truths would just be planted, that the enemy's assignments to um, rip off after they get in their cars and go home, Lord, would be canceled, that you'd seal up the good work that you've done here today. Lord, that the seeds you planted today, the faith you increased today, preserved, protected, would be multiplied, that much fruit would be born from the lives that are represented here today. God, release your women, activate them, propel them in the good work of, of partnering with you, Lord, in your plans and your purpose, purposes be manifest in their lives. God, may people behold Jesus in every single one of your women here. And, um, and so, Lord, bless them. Bless the moms that are here tomorrow on Mother's Day. And, um, yeah, get your glory from our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.